Hello, welcome to the Filmgasm Podcast. I'm Connor Izagari. I'm Caleb Lachey. And this is an experimental new kind of podcast we're trying out, mini podcasts, mini pods for short, where we're going to use these to kind of discuss current releases, stuff we've seen that we want to talk about. We're not going to do this every week. We're not going to do it for every movie, but we are going to do it when we feel like we got something to say. And what better place to start than James Gunn's swan song for the GOTG Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3? A blanket statement for all of these going forward. Massive spoilers ahead, so if you don't want the movie spoiled for you, do not listen to this yet. Go see it, then hear our thoughts later. Uh, Welcome to First Thoughts. Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Um, I felt like this was a return to form. This felt like, you know, okay, Marvel is back. Not that they ever went anywhere. But it it does feel like like people needed to be reminded they still had, you know, gas in the tank. After Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania underperformed, Thor Love and Thunder kind of pissed everyone off, and Black Panther Wakanda Forever was not the movie we all kind of wanted it to be. So this was pretty much exactly what I expected, uh, and I, I was I was very impressed. How about you? I was really happy, and I'm I'm with you. I'm look, I'm of the kind of I'm of the mindset now. I've kind of mentioned on other episodes and stuff we've done that Marvel has been in MCU. Dare I say, before all the, the Marvel fanboys come at me here, has been incredibly hit and miss since Endgame came out. I'll say it. It's been incredibly hit and miss for me since Endgame came out. You know, it wasn't... I remember, like, up to Endgame, I was always excited about a Marvel film, and my disappointments were few and far between. Usually, your Iron Man sequels. Um, and the the first Thor sequel. Um, but besides that, I was usually like, oh my god, new Mar- it's so good, I love it. You know, I was always ecstatic by the time I left the theater. And then phase four happened, and it was like it reversed. I left you were going, that was you know, I had like my uh something along the lines of Shang-Chi or you know, Doctor Strange 2. I went, that was fun. I enjoyed it. it wasn't my favorite most favorite thing that, but I had a lot of fun with it. To you know, something like Eternals, where I sat there going, this is the most actively boring fucking movie I've watched in my life. What the hell? Um, and then, of all of Phase 4, because I think technically we're on Phase 5 now, as since Ant-Man and the Lost Quantumania. Are we uh, in phase- Yeah, we are in Phase 5 now. We're in phase 5. It's interesting how we both just kind of, like, didn't realize that. I didn't, yeah. It, it <laughs> means almost nothing nowadays um, with how they've been doing this. Um... I remember Spider-Man No Way Home was the only one that gave me that Marvel feeling in all of Phase 4 that made me go, holy shit, this is what I like seeing these movies for. And Ross Carmen, while I did enjoy it more than most people, you know, I wasn't, again, it was like, okay, that was fun, I enjoyed it, we're back on track, we're like, we're heading somewhere cool, obviously there's some real life issues they're kind of dealing with right now with a certain actor. Um, oh, we're going to talk about that. Oh, yeah. Um, but with this, I was excited. It's James Gunn after the big trauma that kind of happened years ago before this film came out. Yep. 
coming back. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about it in all detail. But coming back, giving us a swan song before he, you know, hops over to DC, and that's his main focus from here on out. And closing out a, a series that look, I've enjoyed. I love the first one. I love the second one. I love the holiday special. I really like Orange Galaxy. I know I was so excited for this movie and him coming back and giving us the swan song. And this film gave me that same feeling as No Way Home gave me as soon as the credits rolled. It was this is what Marvel is capable of. This is like what made me go like, yes. The, you know, I had that excited feeling when I left. I just thought, oh my God, give me more. Like, why can't, why can't Marvel do this again to me every single time? But yeah, this was everything I want Marvel to fucking be when it comes to like their MCU movies. This was so goddamn good. I did like it. I don't think it's the same quality as No Way Home. I I don't think that. But here's the thing. Avengers Endgame was a game changer. It showed the possibilities of films like this, the you know, the level of fan service you could get plus an incredible story, emotional stakes and an ending that wasn't really an ending like that could have been the last movie of the MCU and I would have been perfectly satisfied. Mm-hmm. But now there's nowhere to go, but down you can't top that it's impossible. And they came close with no way home. Cause you know, the multiversal Spider-Man movie was something everybody wanted, but thought was impossible. And we actually got it and it mm-hmm. delivered and that was great. But then again, nowhere to go, but down. Nothing's got nothing else is going to be that amazing. But if every single MCU film is that fucking crazy, suddenly I think it stops being special. I don't need to be that crazy, but I do remember pre Endgame, I was highly enjoying every single, almost damn near every single film that came out. I think my biggest, me too. I I think my biggest issue post Endgame has been less of the movies, not or its direction. I feel like they have been. I know there are some behind the scenes issues with Disney and stuff that kind of happened after Endgame. That kind of is the reason for a lot of this stuff. Um, but it, it was direction. It was like, okay, where are we going? And you know, all the people are like, well, we didn't know what they were going with phase one. Well, yeah, no shit. They were just starting this. That's not the case anymore. We're well past a de- or pa- well a decade past this point. So where are we going, Marvel? I don't need every big thing to connect. Like I said, Guardians three doesn't really connect to anything and that's one of the things i loved about i was like oh my god we're just worried about this not big universe stuff sweet (laughs) but when you go as a whole phase and i'm still post in game and i'm still sitting there going where the fuck is all this going i do feel that's a problem because it's not phase one anymore where we can kind of try to build something and we can keep people training on because we're just starting this new experimental thing you got something in place now People have expectations. Like, I don't need to be a game-changing No Way Home movie every single time. It can be your Ant-Man, Ross Crossman. It can be your Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, and I'll be fine with that. I just need less Black Widows that came out 10 years too late, less fucking Eternals that are absolutely dreadfully fucking boring, or Black Panther Wakanders that are mid as shit. Like, come on, Marvel. Yeah, I think less TV shows would be a good idea, too. It just seems like they are doing that. That was, yes, I think that was the, that was the beginning of the end for for the MCU's like you know universal critical acclaim was a new TV show every month, every two months because I you know m- my cousin for example Miles 
uh, who I saw Guardians with, you know, loves loves comic book movies, loves the Marvel movies, but he doesn't watch the shows because he just doesn't have he doesn't care. Like, you know, why? Why should I watch the Moon Knight show to like to understand, you know, Doctor Strange? Like, it's too much now. I mean, I'm going to watch all of it because, you know, I like the content, but overall, it does feel like I'm I have to, you know? Yeah, and that I think that's the other thing. So it's direct. It's a it's a mixture of directionlessness with the where we're going. You know, they finally kind of got that part. They're fixing that part slowly. Um, and like you said, it became quantity over quality. Yeah. Something I've complained about Netflix doing a lot of fucking people doing. Look, you can come out with new shows every single like month, like they did in Phase Four, but are they all going to be good? No. And like I'm like you, I watch it all because it's just it's how I am. It's just how I am. I'm going to watch it all. It's all connected. I got to make sure I see it so I don't miss a fucking thing. It's just who I fucking am. Yeah. But did I? I can honestly tell you, like, there's maybe two or three out of those that were remotely great. Most of them were like good. Most of them had this issue where they start out strong, boring ass middle stretch, but then strong finish. Or like Miss uh Miss Marvel switched it up where it actually started out strong but then ended not so great. And I'm just like she hooked did the same thing. I was actually really into it. And then like the last host was like, what the fuck just happened? Um so it's like they it there was just too many shows, and like I said, it seems like I know there was a lot of I don't want to get too deep into it. There's a lot of behind the scenes issues at that time going on with Disney and who was in charge of Disney, um, in general. And I know since an old uh, Disney executive is back. I think playing more ball with Feige, they have lowered down the amount of shows. I think there's only two shows coming out this year, and one's next month, Secret Invasion, which looks really good. And then it seems like they've been trying to quality control the movies better. Here's the thing, though. They all looked good. <laughs> all the shows <laughs> looked exciting. They looked fun. They started out promising. And I have not had the desire to go back to any of them. Which is yeah. interesting. Like the you know, I'm doing an MCU rewatch right now chronologically because like I was like, hey, why not? I haven't seen a lot of them in a while. Some of them I've only seen once. So let's reevaluate some shit. But I have not included the shows because I don't wanna. Like I know they're not gonna be pleasant experiences. I have no desire to watch, you know, She Hulk break through Disney Plus again or Hawkeye do nothing for six episodes. <laughs> I just don't fact- care. The fact that James Gunn was able to make a character like Peacemaker and spin him off into his own show and it obliterate anything the MCU came out with on Disney Plus tells me everything I need to know about the MCU shows. I was watching the MCU shows because I had to. I was excitedly turn- tuning in to Peacemaker every single goddamn week and getting turning my fucking volume up on that theme song. It was... It was amazing. So James Gunn. All right, let's that's a good segue into into James Gunn here. So James Gunn, prior to getting the role, getting the uh, directing gig for Guardians of the Galaxy in 2014. I think he'd only made what, two movies? I mean, he he I think he only directed two movies, but he had been writing and doing other yeah. stuff for a while. He was um he's a a member of Troma. He mm-hmm. was, you know, he worked his way through there first. Or is which explains a lot of his humor for those when we do get to like the fucking whole you know issue. Uh, 
explains his humor for those who don't know anything about trauma look them up you'll get his humor more um but he started out in trauma and then yes he started doing his own his own stuff um he did he's done super he did slither um those are i might be mind making those two are coming up immediately when i think uh of his directed works i'm pretty sure it's just that. like i know he's been in the in the movie business for some time but i think his like directing gigs prior to that were just slither in 06 and super in 2010 both of which are great movies I haven't seen Super yet. That's the one blind spot I have on Gun is I haven't seen Super, but I absolutely adore Slither. I think it's such a good movie. Yeah. I my fit real quick, just my favorite part of Slither isn't even the monsters. It's afterwards when everything's calm and they're all kind of just walking into the you know out of the ruin of their town, and this song starts playing called Baby I Love You by the Yahoos, and the lyrics are just, you know, baby, I love you, just leave me the fuck alone. That song alone has me just dying. That's my favorite part of that movie. <laughs> I love a "Babe, We Need Space" song. There's not enough of those. <laughs> yeah, more more of those songs. But that kind of humor is, you know, what James Gunn's known for. He, you know, it's super's very sardonic too. Just this, you know, ridiculous weak man is given a vision by God that he's supposed to be a superhero, and he starts fucking people up with a pipe wrench. <laughs> like that's the whole movie. It's it's great. Kevin Bacon's a drug dealer who kidnaps his wife. Nathan Fillion was God. It's, oh yeah, no, I've I've been meaning to watch it. It's been on my list. I've I've been meaning to watch that one stuff. It's it's James Gunn. I love James Gunn death, and I just haven't had a chance to see it yet. Yeah, it is definitely up your alley. But then in 2014, he got Guardians of the Galaxy, a film that at the time many people were ready to write off as soon as the trailer came out. Everyone was like, "Really, a raccoon, a talking tree?" The Fat guy yeah. from Parks and Rec? Are you kidding me? And the fact that it's based off of a comic that failed like twice, I believe. Like it was conquered that failed numerous times. Well, I was reading up. Apparently, according to like this, th- I think it was uh, one of Marvel's Facebook pages. I'm like on five of them. Prior to the Guardians of the Galaxy movie, the character of Rocket had only been published like 13, 14 times. Jesus. Like, he wasn't a very popular character. He was a, you know sarcastic british raccoon real quick before we keep going i just want to kind of point out the the writing stuff he did prior to Slither yeah and yeah um, I, I was pulling up while you were talking so for those or for you trauma fans out there and i have seen this movie it's i i it's one of my more favorite trauma films i've seen um tromeo and juliet he was a writer on uh more than more well-known ones um he also did both scooby-doo films yes yeah, he did. Of. I remember we talked about um, them beyond the bat a while back. Yes, and he apparently wrote those rated R, <laughs> if, if it's to be believed, and that's a whole thing. But yes, those are rated R films, and he also wrote the remake of Dawn of the Dead. He did, yeah, he did do that. I remember that. That's why that movie's pretty good because I refuse to give Zack Snyder credit for that. <laughs> so yes, he wrote those uh, properties. Another thing called the specials I have never heard of. Um, oh, a superhero comedy. Um, it, I don't like that poster. Oh, Jamie Kennedy's in it. Never mind. Moving back. Uh-huh. And I'm out. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, uh, he, he wrote those. Then, yeah, did Slither and Super. And then uh, what we're now getting out with um, getting the gig for Guardians of the Galaxy. Well, that's great. Yeah, he's definitely the right guy for the job. Uh, I forgot about Dawn of the Dead. Yeah, he. I give him almost full credit for that movie not being a of you know 
huge disaster that just offended horror fans across the planet. I mean, you're going to remake Dawn of the Dead. You better have some brass cojones and you better do it right. Oh, and yes. Amazingly, not bad. <laughs> it is kind okay. of a miracle, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I, like, I, do, I do enjoy it myself quite a bit. Yeah, me too. Um, but Guardians. So all this was like, no, everyone was kind of, you know, who wasn't hip to the MCU at that point. You know, they had the Avengers and that was huge. But this was ridiculous. No, nope. I have family members who were like, that's going to be stupid as hell. No one's going to see a giant tree, a talking raccoon, the, you know, and a bunch of. Yeah. And then it came out and it was instantly like one of the best movies I've ever made. Oh, dude, it's it, I've never seen like a, an audience. Turn around. I was in that group. I was like, really, Marvel? This is what we're doing. Um, And everyone, everyone thought, OK, this is going to be the first big bomb. Spoiler, it wasn't. It took, uh, years. Took, took quite a while for a bomb. Quite a while. Again, phase four. Uh, but actually, phase five, I think Ant-Man is, ooh, we got close. Um, Real quick, I'm going to uh, look at the box office returns for Eternals, because I, I can't imagine that was that was good. I don't think that was a huge hit. But uh, yeah, everyone thought it was going to bomb, and it came out into critical fucking praise out the ass. It was a, I think it was a huge, I think it made close to a billion, if not a billion, the first Guardians movie. It was a huge, huge hit and became a quick favorite amongst many MCU fans. Uh, real quick, Eternals actually made 200 million. So that's a huge shock. You know what? Okay. Good, good for them. Guardians, I remember, did really well on a budget of. Sorry, my computer's acting up. One second. Hurry, your computer. Hurry the fuck up. We got all the time in the world. This is this is a on there's this is an unscripted podcast. Anything could happen on this one. Let's calm down. <laughs> Anything. Anything could happen. Um okay, Guardians of the Galaxy grossed 773 million on a budget of about between 195 to 232 million. So very good. Very, very good. Uh, and then the sequel right. did even better. Uh, Guardians 2 grossed $869 million on a $200 million budget. So these were big fucking movies. Big hits. And also, you know, turned a whole bunch of D-list superheroes into people with lunchboxes and t-shirts. Uh, you know, everyone knows Rocket, Star-Lord, Gamora, Drax, Nebula, Mantis, Groot. They're all A-list heroes now. Well, it, it it hones in on what to me Gunn has always done best, especially obviously with you know these big budget films. I'm sure he'll do the same thing come Superman Legacy when that comes out. Um, but he takes characters like you wouldn't expect to be, you know, a lot of times they're filled obscure characters. I mean, look at like you know, kind of quickly went to the DC side of it. You know, people are like, I'm not going to watch Creature Commandos. What is even that? Blah 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 blah. And um. Like it's gun newly does best. He's taking obscure characters that no one's fucking heard of and doing it in a way that you latch onto them and like them and they become part of pop culture all of a sudden. And he does it all mixing really great humor with a lot of heart. And that's the big thing. He doesn't actively try to actually make fun of something like Rocket Raccoon or a tree that just says that only says I am Groot. He imbues these care imbues them with heart. And that's what makes us latch on to them. Like, especially, you know, once we kind of talk about three some more, 
the the theme of family is so strong throughout these films. So it's like he he knows how to just pull at the right strings and make you really fall in love with characters that, and you know, in one medium, in the comic medium, kind of have been ran off. Well, Gunn is a you know, as we've seen with his work, he's a great director, but he is a fucking fantastic writer. He really is. He can do. I mean, look at the Suicide Squad, which bombed because of COVID, not because of the quality of the film. That movie is loaded with rejects. It's every character in that movie who's not Harley Quinn is like I didn't know half of them. I didn't know who the hell Bloodsport was. Now I fucking love Bloodsport. No, yeah, I, like, I think it's a peacemaker. Yeah, fucking peacemaker. This ridiculous, like borderline super racist character. You put John Cena in like a toilet-shaped helmet, and suddenly he's got his own TV show that's critically acclaimed, and we fucking loved it. <laughs> yeah. I remember when they announced it, I'm like, look, I like John Cena as Peacemaker in the movie, but do we really need a TV show? And then guess what? That TV show was great. Yeah. That is one I will watch again. When season two comes out, I'm going to rewatch the first season happily. Yeah. I still, to this day, love the scene when, like, Peacemaker and Bloodsport have that fucking showdown at the camp and kill everyone. When Peacemaker's walking up to that guy who's asleep and just chop, 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 stabs him in, like, the foot and works his way up the fucking leg. <laughs> I love the outcome. They're like, where are the guards? Uh... <laughs> like, where are all my men? Oh, shit. <laughs> but, yeah, um, this is the guy who's now going to run DC's uh, production, fil- like, film production, and I couldn't be happier. I'm excited to see the level of heart he brings to, you know, not just big characters like Superman and Batman, but also, you know, creature commandos and the fucking swamp thing movie. He's going to be overseeing like, this is neat. (laughs) I'm so goddamn excited for that. I cannot tell you how excited I am for swamp thing. Like it is a crime against humanity that that show got canceled. Not because of viewership, not because of declining ratings, because of outside bullshit that happened. And he got to cancel after one season. How dare you do this to me on Swamp Thing? So I'm fucking excited. We're getting a horror movie, Swamp Thing, and James motherfucking Man Gold is the one that apparently is writing and directing this thing. Bring it on. It's like some zoning issue. It was like the dumbest reason to cancel a TV show. Yeah, it was literally like, we can't film here for some weird reason, so we're just going to cancel the show. Before it aired. So it wasn't because of viewership. It was before it aired. You gasted Derek fucking Mears as Swamp Thing, and he was great. Wasn't wasn't James Wan the showrunner, too? Yes. Yes, he was. Yeah, I remember him I remember him announcing the cancellation and just sounding so defeated and bummed out because he was so proud of this. And, yeah, it's it's even hard to find now. It, dude, yeah, once DC Universe... Like, I, I had DC Universe, so I watched it because I was like, I'm watching this fucking show, damn it. And, um... Then when that shut down, because you know HBO Max are soon to be Max this month, uh, swallowed everything. Um, they didn't bring that one over. Now it got advertised as airing on the CW, and I was like, "You motherfuckers, it is better than this." And I, yes, I'm saying this is someone who has been watching the Arrowverse since the very beginning. But Swamp Thing is better than CW. I'm I'm not calling it Max. I refuse to do that. I refuse to use a streaming service with a goddamn name. Like it's too. It makes me think of Hal from 2001. I'm not doing that. Of all the names they did, I was like, really? That's what you guys came up with? You just took HBO off? That was it? <laughs> yeah, it is. It's weird. Uh, 
Anyway, yeah, whatever. Maybe, maybe, maybe they'll put Batgirl on there now that you know the WGA is on strike. They're going to need movies very soon. Yeah, they got one. You know, they never even took it out of the fucking box. <laughs> we didn't get to play with it. It's already got film. Already been run. Your writers aren't working Hollywood. <laughs> that would, you know, I don't like how it happened. But if we end up getting Batgirl out of this, you know what? Worth it. I just want to see Brendan Fraser light some fuckers up as Firefly. <laughs> right? Like, God damn it. Uh, but anyway, Gunn did great. And he pretty much became like a huge popular filmmaker mainstream wise after Guardians came out. And then they fired him. <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy 3 was coming down the pike. They were going to get started on that. And then some old tweets resurfaced where Gunn made some admittedly tasteless jokes not worth losing your job over, I think. All right. Look, yeah, Disney was like, nope, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah, look, if anyone's wondering about my mindset with this stuff, like, look, where you agree with the joke or not, where it was you thought it was tasteless or not. One, I'm not gonna condone what you're you have every right as in the in this country to believe to feel the way you did about the joke. Every right to feel that way. And again, keep in mind he's He's coming from a trauma background. They they are known for like pushing kind of like good taste in certain aspects. Um, you know, that's what they do. So to me, another thing is if we hold everyone accountable to things we've said a decade ago, right? I'm 30 now. If you hold me accountable to things I said when I was 20, I was a teenager. No, because I said some dumb fucking shit that probably made me look arrogant or you know what have you to fire someone over something they said years ago it's one thing if you say that and you're still the same person 10 years later still saying dumb shit like that completely different story but if you've grown since then you're like ooh, that wasn't a good thing like really can we not grow as human beings that's what it comes down to for me it's like are we are are any of us really that innocent nobody's ever said some off-color shit to make someone laugh no one's ever you know, tweeted something that they regretted saying that shouldn't cost you a career 10 years after the fact. That is bullshit. Yeah, that is. And it was that was when it was because when it happened, I was like peak like the Me Too movement when that was kind of happening left and right. Like for every right one that was happening, we're like, hey, this guy who was like using his power to, you know, do things to women and people, we should cancel him. That's a good. Yes, Absolutely. Yeah. But then it got followed with people like this or like, you made a joke I didn't agree with 10 years ago. You shouldn't work in Hollywood anymore. No, fuck off. You didn't agree with it. He's not saying those jokes anymore on Twitter. He clearly probably is looking at that thing. And what was I thinking and saying that? That was a dumb thing to say. Joke or not. Like, that should not be the detriment of your career. Well, Gunn also, you know, like you pointed out, he comes from a, you know, a goofy horror movie background. He's he's going to say some weird shit to make somebody laugh. And Disney knew that when they hired him and you know, his record since has been impeccable as a filmmaker. And I think as a, as a person, he seems like a pretty decent dude. Um, so uh, in the end, it did work out for everybody because what happened was the entire cast of guardians three basically said, fuck you, Disney We're with James and nobody wanted the job. No director would take it because they're like, that movie belongs to James Gunn. And that's what I was getting at. Clearly, he has grown since that 
you know, what, that tasteless joke, what have you, to be a very upstanding good guy. Because, like you said, like they, it's the only time I can think of in like Disney's history that they had to grovel for once in their lives. Um, because the actors straight up said, No, we're not doing this movie unless you get James back. It's his movie. We want him directing us. Mm-hmm. And every single director they asked, including their golden boy at the time, no longer thinks to throw love and thunder, Taika Watiti. No offense. I I love Ragnarok. I I think the next goal runs. I saw the trailer for that. It looks hilarious. Yeah. I love Taika Watiti, but Love and Thunder sucked. Now uh uh-huh. The fact that all of them said we're not directing that this is James's script because that was their big thing. They were going to keep his script to someone else direct it. And they were like, no, we're not doing that. That's his script. This is his movie. We're not doing it. That Disney, I'm I'm trying to make sure I say Disney. This is not Feige's issue. This wasn't Feige's thing. This wasn't Marvel. This was Disney doing all this dumb shit. Um, That they had to grovel to him. Well, I mean, Dave Bautista already didn't want to be there. He's been trying to, you know, retire the role of Drax in his own way for a while now. So the fact that he was ready to walk, like, I love, and people were going to go with him. And on the other side of things, a now unemployed James Gunn was offered a pretty sweet gig by Warner Brothers to direct the Suicide Squad. Almost immediately. Yeah. It's like they poached him quick. And the Suicide Squad, while not financially successful, was a critically acclaimed, hilarious superhero adventure that led to a successful TV spinoff and also showed James Gunn like, oh, I like it over here. And they remembered that and gave him the fucking, you know, showrunner gig of the DC, you know, EU or the DCU now, as it's called, which makes way more fun. Makes a lot more sense. Yeah, it, I mean, at the end of the day, it kind of we got the best of both worlds because yeah, DC was going to be like, oh, for once we can get, like get one on Marvel here and like snatched him up. And then like if you read about that's a whole separate thing. If you read about like how how it went down with Suicide Squad, they gave him carte blanche. They were like, yeah, pick whatever you want to do. We're cool with it. Like they didn't give a shit. They're like, hey, we we back you, buddy. You do what you want. And <laughs> he gave them gold. In the meantime, Bonville, what cracks me up, or Disney, I should say, Disney, they were like, James, we're sorry. Can you come back? And his response was like, yes, but I got to finish my thing with DC, and then I'll come back. I'm like, you fucking beast right now. Stick it to them. Yeah. Like, yeah, hang on a second. <laughs> he turns over to Warner Bros. It's my ex. Give me, give me a minute here. He's <laughs> like, all right, I'll come back, but I've got conditions. You wait for me. And yeah. also, I want to say fuck at least once. Oh yeah, and me and uh, me and Josh talking about that. I am almost positive, and Josh thinks the same thing. More than likely, Kevin Feige was sweet talking the living shit out of here. Was in charge of Disney at that time to be like, look, we got to probably bring him back. We got to bring him back. Like I don't he because uh, Kevin Feige has been on record saying he never agreed with the entire thing. I um, believe that. I believe that Feige. Yeah. Like, I, I trust his vision endlessly like i he knows what he's doing it's all the fucking suits around him who keep fucking this up yeah so he's been i honestly he's not saying like he never agreed with what went down um so I, i'm sure he did some sweet talking and one of the things he probably said especially since dc gave him crop on she was like look james you come back you do whatever you want with guardians galaxy 3 all right you get enough bombs you want it it does not have to have ties in the mcu as we were kind of seeing in the lead up to release they gave him crop bunch what to do with the characters they're like yeah don't worry about it. Like, do what you want. This is your movie. I'm sure that is how it even went down to get him to come back. 
Imagine you get fired from your job and you immediately get hired by another company that lets you do as much blow at work as you want. And you're just like snorting rails off the desk. You're not even doing the job. You're just like, this is fucking awesome. And then your old job calls you back and it's like, hey, man, we really need you. And we're going to give you one joint. I'd be like, I got all this blow. I'm good. <laughs> but I think James Gunn was like, you know, I got to see this through to the end. I wrote a trilogy. I'm directing a trilogy. I'm finishing this off. And I do think he had way more uh, control over Guardians 3 than he did over the first two, probably because Disney was like, all right, we, we get it. We're sorry. We won't we won't bother you. You can, you can do blow at work. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. We all do. James Gunn is the only person Disney for once was like, we're sorry. Okay, look, you may have been on the wrong on this one. We're sorry. All right. They don't do that for anyone, as we're seeing right now with their, you know, I'm with them going after good old DeSantis. Um, they're usually not kind to people. They will not admit when they're in the wrong. But Gunn was like a whole different story. They're like, okay, look, sorry, sorry. We fucked up. Here's your movie. Please don't hurt us. To me, the DeSantis thing is like the end of Ragnarok when like Hela's beating the shit out of Thor and then Surtur shows up and destroys everything. Surtur's oh. Disney. <laughs> it's like, we can't defeat DeSantis, but he fucking can. <laughs> uh, if you want to look at how stressful it is to work for Disney, just look at James Gunn in the first Guardians and look at him now. <laughs> His hair turned gray incredibly fast. Yeah. Him and like Knoxville, two people that went from having like looking nice and young to just fucking gray hair. With to, be their to be fair, Knoxville makes his own stress. <laughs> when you're taking, you know, bulls to the face, that's on you. <laughs> Anyways, real quick, for those who are wondering about the ongoing struggle of Bam on terror, quick side update. Uh, the police, he has a warrant out for his arrest because he punched a family member and threatened violence. Like, literally, family members now called the police on him. So you're saying it's it's going pretty good? Yeah, it's like it's going pretty good. Well, you know, we can't all be celebrities, can we? <laughs> I'm sorry for Bam's family. I really am. I, I'm worried, like, I feel like any day now, they're going to find him in a ditch somewhere. I'm, I'm waiting to see that news story pop up, if I'm being honest. Uh, well, we've set it up enough. Let's talk Guardians 3. Uh, yeah. So... First gripe, I do think that they fucked up Adam Warlock. That is personally, and I know you said right for crew, you have a couple miles. This was my only minor gripe. I, for those who are wondering, my low box, I give it like a four and a half out of five. I really enjoyed this. Um, that was my only minor gripe. Now, I do know James Gunn straight up said on record there were things they did to his, the, the Guardians characters in like Endgame and Infinity War and things like that that he wasn't happy with. Ah. Uh, yeah, so he, I love that even at this point, he's like, I'm going to say what the fuck I want. What are they going to do, fire me? They grovel to get me back. I Did, got, he, Didn't he write those segments, though? I don't think he necessarily wrote those in-game segments, no. I always thought that anything involving the Guardians, like, he was responsible for. Oh, no, okay. no, 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 no. They, look, that is a fucking assembly line, okay? You ever got told to write Avengers in-game? They were Avengers Endgame. All right. <laughs> you imagine uh, having that fucking daunting task on your shoulders. Yeah, right. Um, but he he has been on record as kind of saying he didn't quite like where they were going with some of the characters' uh choices. 
Um, I I wonder if he was saying more of that that with Gamora more than anything. Um, but and like you were saying with the creative control thing, I wonder if there was pressure on him with Adam Warlock and Guardians too, as opposed to actually wanting to do Adam Warlock. Um, well, I feel like there was a way to do it where he's not just an, an idiotic man child who has no relevance to the plot. Yeah, that it was my one minor gripe, and I do think Real Poulter did a good job. Like he was trying, he was working yeah. with what he had. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, no, no disrespect to Will Poulter, he did a good job. Yeah, I I think that's a guy that has a lot of talent. He just doesn't seem to really get a lot of good stuff. Um, yeah, he was almost uh, Pennywise. Remember that? Yeah, yeah. And I was actually when people were like, "Really?" Him, I was like, "I think he has it. This guy could be good." Um, he'll get one. He'll get a role that will define his his career. He'll get one. Yeah, um, I he was my one minor gri- uh, gripe. I do think, regardless of like if it was meant for him to even be in the movie, if like I said, James Gunn's prior comments had to do with anything with Adam Warlock, um, I feel like there could have been a better way to in- integrate him. It looks like he's set up for good shit, like in the future, like down the line, he might get better as we go along. But for a debut, it's clearly set up to be like we're going to see more of Adam Warlock. Um, yeah. wasn't my favorite debut. I'm I'm kind of with you. Well, he just was such a step down from what we were led up to believe. You know, he's this like uber powerful force of cosmic nature in the comics. And in this one, he's he's comic relief and only in like a few scenes. Yeah. And like, don't get me wrong. Like, I was laughing at his stuff, like on the show, him the, the pain or whatever it was. And he's supposed to hurt the guy and ends up straight up murdering him. Like, I was laughing, but I was like, come on, guys. I like that. And I liked afterwards. He's like, I don't I don't like how this is making me feel. I don't I don't know what this is, but I don't like it. <laughs> he doesn't understand. He has empathy, but he doesn't understand what it is. <laughs> that was that was cute. Uh, that was really my only problem with the movie. Uh, the rest of it was so good that it pretty much overpowered that. So I, I do like it. Four out of five stars for me. Uh, rocking a four point two out of five on Letterboxd, which is really good. It'll probably drop in the next few weeks. Or, you know, yeah. like day one releases are usually pretty damn high. Uh, you got to give people yeah. time to review it. Uh, what? Speaking of, we kind of mentioned earlier, the effort. What were your thoughts on the much talked about first usage of "fuck" in a Marvel movie? Oh my god, it was perfect. <laughs> Get in the fucking car. It was just oh, that- my the audience roared into laughter. Like it was perfect. It was perfectly timed. It was yeah. I know it, people are going to be pissed that, like, oh, Chris Pratt stole the first F-bomb from Samuel L. Jackson. Shut up. Yeah. Yeah. So it, I, you know, and, like, hopefully it shouldn't matter. I feel like MCU does need to just be brave enough to say, fuck it, let's just do some more adult stuff, because the audience is getting older. We've and got not every- we got Deadpool 3 coming in a few years. If you can't handle yeah. well, one F-bomb and, and Guardians, you're going to be, you're going to go into a goddamn coma with Deadpool Yeah, 3. and also, look, some of these comic properties, even Marvel, are not just meant for kids. I'm looking at you, Blade and Deadpool. Um, but, uh, I wonder if that's why they did it because they've confirmed Deadpool three is rated R. That is like a confirmed thing. I have heard rumors that one of the main reasons blade it got pushed back other than the script was that, yes, they're starting to really lean towards an R rating on debt on blade. Good. So it sounds like they're going for it. And I wonder if this was like a testing round, like, okay, look, let's put at least the giveaway with on one in a PG 13 film. And let's do it with James Gunn stuff because of his background anyway. Um, we can know we can he'll find a good way to pull it off. And um I'm picturing like a bunch of Disney like scientists in a lab, 
like trying to like create the first like Disney F bomb and it's in like a vial somewhere. And they're like, we can only trust this to James Gunn. And they like deliver it to him in a package. It's like perfect. With the with the way Disney was streaming this, because I was seeing so much up to the release of like Disney's first F bomb. I'm like, oh my god, guys, calm down. It's just fuck. Like, Jesus. But uh, it, it was a good one. I was, I know my I, I got a good laugh out of it when because it was it was a perfectly real-time joke with the just push the button. What button? I push it. Now what do I do? Open the fucking door. <laughs> Beautiful. You know what I was way more freaked out by? Uh, the high evolutionary's bloody face. Dude, I look, they let that's why that's why I made my like they kind of I feel like they let James Gunn get away with a lot on this phone because some of the imagery I was like, Jesus Christ, this is PG 13, guys. This is the first legit full MCU genocide. I mean, we've had some halvesies and some backsies, but we've never had a full complete race of people get if it get you know obliterated <laughs> that's a new one that yeah it, it destroyed <laughs> so let's talk about uh um chuck woody iwuji's performance as the high evolutionary uh possibly the most despicable villain we've gotten from the mcu yet there's no redeeming qualities to this guy there's no tragic backstory this is just a sadist who loves to hurt things and i thought he pulled it off great i wanted to punch him oh yeah i did i did kind of also yelled quite a bit was i mean i was like please stop yelling but well, he, was, uh, he was pissed he was angry he was crazy like i get that yeah but uh no i thought he was really good i he's not i mean look He's not one of my all-time favorite models. He's not going to be up there. But it was also refreshing just to see a villain be a villain, not have a tragic backstory, not have this, like, blah, blah, blah. Like, he's, this is just a guy that's bad. That's it. He is just evil, he, and he likes to do what he likes to do. And, yeah, he pulled it off. He was great. I thought he was really good in the role. I thought the face reveal was fucking sick. Uh, even though I was like, ooh, he pulled the face off. What is that going to look like? And they showed it twice. And I was like, Damn. I thought it was going to be his like robot, his purple robot face from the comics. No, it was bloody viscera eyeball hanging out. Look what you did to my face. Freaking. <laughs> yeah, it was. Oh, it was good. Um, I one thing I liked about this film and, you know, and obviously this is kind of like for people that are just not into MCU. This is kind of like their thing, right? It's too quippy. It's always choke, 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 which I'm like, who gives a shit? Like, Laugh, people. It's fine. We are 15 oh. years in. It is a you problem now. Yeah, at this point, like you're the one still paying to see these. It's kind of on you. Um, <laughs> with that said, I like that James Gunn himself, who is like he likes humor. You know, he puts humor into his script quite a bit. Um, I like that he actually, to me, kind of toned it down a bit and let the emotional moments hit. And I say that because and. This shouldn't affect me. It, I shouldn't even say this, but after having sat through Thor: Love and Thunder, where it felt like, hey, we got this super serious cancer storyline that we're going to fucking joke about and give you no time to process whatsoever. It was refreshing to give me a movie that should do what it does, which is, hey, we're going to have funny moments. We're going to make you laugh at times and give you that humor that you expect from these guys, but we are going to fucking roll that shit in when we need to and destroy you emotionally when we have to. Very refreshing. Thank you, Marvel. There were there's two moments in this movie that actually brought me to tears. Uh, the, the first, first uh, 
Hmm? Hold on. I'm going to see if it's the two scenes I'm thinking of. Go ahead. Okay. So the first scene is when Rocket sort of dies and he's, yep, in, yep. Like, he's in like a purgatory where he gets to see his friends again and he breaks down and is like, you know, I couldn't save you. Like just you that know, shit got me. I could hear Josh next to me. I was like, he got both of us. Oh, dude, that was rough. Props to Bradley Cooper for fucking delivering every single time we see Rocket. But this is his his crowning achievement as the character. Oh my god, yes. And to me, he's like oddly enough the most underrated actor in this group somehow. Because you always see their guard them in pictures. You never really see Bradley Cooper. I don't know if he just. I think. Really he, I think he sees this as just kind of like a paycheck gig. I don't think he really is in like as invested in this as like other characters he does. I think to him, it's just kind of like he writes well, it off. Even if it, if it is the dude knows it every, even before this knows it every single time. Like he is fucking good as rocket raccoon. Um, and I yeah, love I when he, when he claims it when he's like, all right, you know, he finds out he really is a raccoon and he finally calls himself rocket raccoon. Oh, that was great. I mean, he's like, cause the whole time, even I was there going, you call him by his name, you fucking asshole. And when he finally went, I'm rocket raccoon and shot him like yes fucking yes uh the other scene that made me cry was when the um the guardians depart they part ways they all go to separate and peter's reunited with his grandfather like oh that dude that whole scene from when they first had the meeting about parting ways and you see like tracks start to tear up when mantis leaves because at the end of the day, they they're you know they 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 have a very sibling like relationship themselves, yeah. And you know, um, everyone and Rocket's accepting that it's it's changing, and everything. It's not going to be the same team. Um, it yeah, it hits it. That whole ending just hit, and I was like, this. But this to me is like how it should be. This is what you call it. to me. This is a good. I think sometimes the best endings to films like this are the better sweet ones. Those were like, it ends in a way that's true to the characters. It you know it's sweet in that you are seeing everyone have their moment and kind of like do what they need to do, but it's also better because we all know that as of now, it's the last time we're probably going to see them. Like these guys, I mean, quite known they'll lower a gun, but they have no issues saying we're not coming back to this universe. Um, so it might be the last time we see them together, and you know it. It's a yeah that. I'm with you. Both that that scene and the one Rock Raccoon when he died, well, briefly died. Fucking hit hard. I was surprised that nobody nobody died. Like I thought for sure we were gonna lose a couple of these guys. I like how Marvel like really Gunn basically trolled people the whole time with that. He's like, oh yeah, yeah, you know they let me do whatever I want and kill people and kill some characters. I'm like, you're after the movie. I was like, you trolled us, you motherfucker. I should have known you would do this to us. <laughs> uh. Real quick, before we start uh, wrapping things up, I do want to say, I think the most, like the strongest performance of this entire franchise and also in the Avengers movies, nobody gives Karen Gillan enough credit for her performance as Nebula. Oh, she's great. She has my favorite arc in the entire MCU. You know, from like evil assassin loyal to Thanos to full-blown hero I, I love it so much. I love her, especially in this movie. She really steps up on the hero front. I love when she's arguing with Gamora and, she, you know, over whether or not they should, like, you know, let Rocket die so she can go. And she screams at Nebula, like, you know, he, I'm family. And Nebula goes, like, so is he. It's like, fuck. Yeah. 
the, the amount of character development that this character's when, gone through. When she uh when she told tracks at the end of the movie. Oh, dude, when she was like, you know, you're not just a destroyer, you're a dad. That you're a dad. That kind of callback from the first film for those for those you know who've been watching since the beginning and know the backstory of tracks on him losing his family and his daughters to Thanos. He's, oh God, that hit me hard when she said that. I was like, oh man, because you know you have that funny moment where you realize the guy was actually kind of a good dad. Like he's good with kids, surprisingly. Yeah. <laughs> well, I love that. There's a point where Mantis uh, is like arguing with Nebula about. You know, it's not his fault. He's stupid and all that about with Drax, and she says that like he's the only one of you who doesn't hate himself. And I was like, shit! Like, what a they're really digging at the emotional pay dirt in this one. This movie's like a fucking therapy sesh. Yeah, everyone overcomes their own shit in this movie. It really, it's it's great. Oh, it's great, and tra- and, and swinging track Drax is still just Batista. Look, he may he is so goddamn good when he's like the constant second best friend <laughs> i i died when they were in the suit and quill thought he had that shit just because of him and gamora and man it's like we can all hear you know the delivery that dave batista gave when he was like and it was painful <laughs> i'd be rolling i love this i don't it was such a little moment but when like he offers Quill as a Zargnut and he's like, Oh, thank you. And Mantis gets pissed later and she's like, Well, maybe I wanted one. And he's like, They're all gone as he's eating one. <laughs> <laughs> when they have to be undercover, he's like, Yeah, and in this suit, that's not flattering to me whatsoever. <laughs> I love that Gunn finally got Nathan Fillion in one of these. Oh, yeah, yeah, that was great. I like it. he's like, Yeah, I got one of those too. This one, proud of this one, does great stuff. But this one, and when he just looked at him and then looked back, I'm like, <laughs> the boss's son. He's you know, <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Oh, oh, okay. For I know we gotta like we're going to wrap up, but the hallway fight scene towards the end of this movie, we see the team after the two and a half hours, which I was scared of after a month of hour and a half films. Thank you, April. But uh, I was like, God, we're going back to these two over two hour epics again. Um, this one flew by. When we finally get to the point where they are team up in the hallway and we see them all fucking destroying in that in that hallway scene towards the end. To um, what was it? The Beastie Boys. Yeah, uh, no, no sleep till Brooklyn. Yeah, that no was sleep awesome. till Brooklyn, dude. Oh, what a fucking scene! Fucking great. I'm loving that the MCU is investing in the Beastie Boys so much in this phase. You know, Intergalactic was featured in the Marvels trailer. Well, I'm loving that. I am a Beastie fan. Uh-huh. Uh, are good. Oh yeah, good shit. I love seeing full-grown Groot in the post-credit scene, like the you know 14-foot giant ass tree he is in the comics. It was nice to see that. I'm excited about yeah. the new team, Rocket Groot, that little girl with the silver hair, who I believe is Mar supposed to be like another Marvel thing. Um, uh-huh. Adam Warlock, the little weird dog thing, and uh, uh-huh. Cosmo and Kraglin. Yeah, Cosmo, who's voiced by the uh, the actress from Borat too. Yeah, Maria Bakalova. Yeah, I like how she kept the whole movie. Tell me, I'm a good dog. I like, and again, for those who want to know about James Gunn's uh, trauma cred, he cast Lloyd uh, Kaufman, the founder and head of trauma, um, in in cameo roles in all of his movies. He was in Suicide Squad. He's been in every single Guardians film. He's in the poker scene 
that they have on there. He's one of the guys playing poker with them. With them, and I love that they're like, just tell her she's a good dog. And he's like, I will not tell her she's a good dog until she is one. <laughs> I love, yeah, the Russian psychic dog. Only Gun could make that work. Uh, yeah. And in that scene, I love seeing you know, the broker from the first movie was there. Howard the Duck was there. Just, I love. Howard the Duck just being peppered throughout these has been one of my favorite things about the MCU. Never gets his own property because no one would fucking watch that. No. But he, he's there. And voiced by Seth Green, I should point out. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then, so at the end, we get another post credit scene of Quill just having cereal with his grandpa and then says, you know, the legendary Star-Lord will return. So Chris Pratt will be back. He's not leaving. No, because... Look, I know people have their feelings on Chris Pratt. Mine is he doesn't really bother me all that much. I do think we got an overload of him for a bit there, but he he he's good in roles like this. I I you know I saw the Mario movie. He was actually pretty good, and they do explain the whole Italian thing in the movie. Um, they do explain it for those who really gave a shit. Um, I was thought Mario was some kind of alien or something. I didn't think he was li- really from Italy. Yeah, no, they they quickly explain it away. Like they quickly explain right in the film um i guess too because all the people want to shut up um and you know i like the first two jurassic board films everyone who knows me knows how i feel about that last piece of shit um but yeah he you know i'm down for him to come back and keep doing this i like him as star lord a lot i think he's really good i thought he was really good in this exploring a more a more broken star lord one that cannot move past losing the love of his life and the fact that now it she is back but it's a different version of her that doesn't feel the same way. You know, he, he does some really good stuff in this. Yeah. Him and Zoe Saldana do a great job selling that, the new kind of relationship they have in this movie. And -hmm. I'm glad they didn't just reset it. I thought the movie was going to have like a, you know, memory spark moment where she remembers everything. And I'm glad they didn't do that. They kept it real. You know, sometimes Mm -hmm. things don't work out. Sometimes you do have to just move on. Yeah. And um, look, I'll say like that scene when, when we thought rocket was dying, Chris Pratt did a fucking good job. I felt it. When he's screaming, oh my god, yeah, that he felt like he was losing a brother. Yeah, was, yeah, th- all of them. Like, I think everyone in the in the cast, their best performances in this movie. Yeah, dude, I, when I'm telling you, when Chris Pratt started like, and you know, Grimoire was saying, going, "Quill, he's gone, he's gone," and he's just saying, "Going, no, I will not." And like, I felt it. And yeah, when he starts just becoming beyond words and screaming. I was like, oh shit, like you you felt it. Uh, um yeah, that was yeah. That was, uh so yeah, any uh this is just you know preliminary thoughts on movies we saw recently, trying to keep up with the current film calendar. We're not gonna do them every week, but we will do them you know fairly frequently, you know, different combinations of people who saw different shit. Uh mm-hmm. our goal here is to keep these under an hour, which according to my stopwatch here, we have succeeded in. Way to go. Good job. Uh, this was fun. I'm looking forward to doing these. I like this off the cuff kind of style where we just riff about the movie. This was fun. I give Guardians, you know, four out of five stars. I thought it was really good. I'm looking forward to James Gunn's take on the DC properties. I know he's going to do wonders. I just hope no one fucking stands in his way. Yeah. Uh, I, I gave it four and a half, just a tad bit above. Um, loved it. Thought it was a great trilogy closer. Thought it was a great swan song to, uh, you know, James Gunn's time with this trilogy with Marvel before, like you said, he is now moving on, focusing slowly on DC and, you know, focusing on that. I am glad that this is the note he has 
he has gone on and on, that these characters have gone out, that this franchise has gone on and on. Like, hell of a good job. I stand by my comment that to me, this has been the best thing Marvel has put out since No Way Home. Um, this was solid. Hopefully, I get this feeling more often with Marvel movies going forward. Well, our next one is in November with the Marvels. Here's and I probably won't because I don't really, I didn't think Captain Marvel was all that great. So, like, yeah. <laughs> Well, this at least looks more fun than the first one. Uh, I'll give them that. We will see. I still know. We don't really know anything about it, like plot wise or villain or anything. So let's just, you know, let's let's wait to see that. Um, Thanks for listening, everybody. We got content for you on Monday and on Wednesday. We'll have another one of these out whenever something comes out that we all see and feel like talking about. Okay. June's packed a shit month. Yeah. There are certain movies that like I don't want to say out loud because I don't want to commit to anything, but I can assure you are going to be talked about with this format. Uh, Hope you enjoyed it. We certainly had a blast. Take it easy and we'll see you next time. Thank you.